Joe Douglas meets with the media today. Jamal Adams is a Seahawk. How should Jets fans feel? And Jadavion Clowney? Bradley McDougald already flipping the script on the social media Jets game to move them from depressed to all tingly inside. Sabo Radio, Monday, two days after the epic trade that sent Jamal Adams to the great Northwest Seattle, where undoubtedly will not be his last team in the NFL. I mean, it's not, this is not hard to figure out, folks. Look at Odell Beckham Jr. Do you think Cleveland is where he'll retire? No. When a guy demonstrates the willingness to do whatever it takes to get his way, no matter what, if they have to cross lines, they'll do it. If a guy demonstrates that, they will be on multiple teams, more than two. I know multiple is two, but several. Let's change it to several. They will be on several teams in their NFL career. Now, we'll get to the trade later. We'll break it down. Joe Douglas did a tremendous job. And Joe Douglas just, we literally just got off the conference call with him today. Uh, Credit the Jets organization for being silent, for being patient all offseason long until today two days after the trade and one day prior to training camp, which officially opens up Tuesday. Uh, Bradley McDougald will be in town tonight. Joe Douglas says they expect him tonight, at which point he will get tested for COVID. And if all goes well, he will be um, due for a physical on Tuesday. But first, Jadavion Clowney suddenly He's in Jets News. Bradley McDougald is already making his presence felt, already trying to flip that script. Tweet from at baby lead Bradley McDougald, quote, spoke to my boy, Jadavion Clowney today, told me to tell the New York Jets to come get him. Let's make it happen. And he mentioned the New York Jets on Twitter. Did the Jets uh, like it or retweet it? I doubt it. They leave that for Joe Douglas. This is buttoned up now, not compared to the way it used to be. Um, Something new, something good. But Jadavion Clowney still lingers on free agency. The question comes down to money. And already, hilariously, Bradley McDoodle is demonstrating that when he recruits compared to Jamal Adams, he knows it starts up front. Clowney, That type of play-in-space edge guy is the missing piece to this defense. Jamal Adams recruited like like LeBron, like an NBA player. He just looked for brand names. Le'Veon Bell, Mosley, whoever. Whoever the name uh, pops out to him is what he recruited. He didn't understand. He he doesn't get it in terms... And he's the smartest football player or was on the Jets. But he doesn't understand in terms of recruiting, in terms of uh, a front office. It starts from the inside. So hilariously, and it means nothing, but Bradley McDougald is already recruiting the proper way. He's looking for the missing pieces, looking for guys in which will help him most. And that is an edge player, a playing space edge player. Joe Douglas 
just got done speaking to the media, and the big headline is this. He denies promising Jamal Adams an extension. Flat out denies it. Again, Joe Douglas, he is value-driven. He learned it under Ozzie Newsom. He's value-driven. And over the first year, as GM in Florham Park, he has demonstrated he's more than just a rookie front office leader. He doesn't waver. He doesn't get caught speaking or lying about anything publicly. He will admit truths. Take, for example, last trade deadline. He admitted the truth, and he knew Jamal Adams would hear it, that he does pick up the phone when other teams call about his star players. He admitted that truth. And if he didn't, the media would have nabbed him, and it would have been a bad look, and things would have been off to a terrible start. But he admitted that truth. He tipped his cap and said, this is the way I was taught. This is why I pick up the phone. And as we'll discuss later, the return for Jamal Adams, that's why you pick up the phone, because he just pulled off a heist. Quote, I never promised an offer to Jamal Adams or his agent. I was never dishonest or ambiguous with their camp. And he said this early on the call. Uh, reporters asked him about certain things like punting the season. Uh, you know, are the Jets punting the season because of trading Jamal and collecting draft picks for next year? Again, he doesn't waver. He's he's very straightforward and and just doesn't mess around when speaking with the media. Quote, when these guys practice and you guys get around this team, I think you guys are going to see the 6-2 and two finish wasn't a fluke. I think you're going to see a team that has a fire and a lot of motivation. He also acknowledged the precedent is an important aspect here. That Adams wanted out of town and did whatever it took to get out of town. He acknowledges its importance, but he's not concerned about it becoming a norm moving forward. It wasn't the plan to trade him when he first got here. And again, another truth, another uh, hat tip where he's not afraid to speak that truth. Do we know everything he says is truth? No. But when you look at the evidence and you look at the way he doesn't misstep when speaking to the public, you, you start to get a picture that he doesn't mind telling the world how he operates. Quote, it certainly wasn't the plan when I first arrived here. Joe Douglas on trading Jamal Adams. Another truth, he admits. The other important part on the call was when he was asked by one of the media members, why did you not pay Adams after his third year? He's a superstar. Why did you not lock him out? There is no good answer to state publicly. But. Joe Douglas handled it perfectly. He cited the 2011 CBA post Sam Bradford that greatly impacted rookie salaries. That kind of, instead of seeing a lot of holdouts during the summer uh, because salaries uh, were widely ranged for depending on where you, uh, and it didn't matter where you got picked, to now where it's very structured and you don't see holdouts because there's a range, there's a structure to every pick, every draft slot. He cited that CBA, and he also cited uncertainty with the salary cap and with the future 
of the league financially due to COVID. To me, that speaks volumes in terms of how he's a a value-driven GM. Jamal Adams is a safety. As good as he is, as great a defender as he is, and I think he's top five, top ten in the league. Best safety in the league, obviously. Joe Douglas knows locking up Jamal or acquiring uh, assets for him, there isn't a big difference there when thinking about building this team. The big difference comes in when your culture takes a hit, when your environment takes a hit, because a guy has gone off the deep end. And that's what's happened this offseason. It wasn't their plan to trade him. It was their plan to let him play on his value-driven contract. Is it fair to Adams completely? No, of course not. But he still would have made $30 million in five years. Think about that. $30 million in five years. It's not fair to him. But at the same time, Douglas, the Jets, got an insight into Adams' soul. What will he do for this organization? Will he gut it out? I mean, yeah, Mahomes... McCaffrey, Miles Garrett, they all got extended. Same draft class as Adams. But with Miles Garrett, those examples are so few and far between for defensive players in the first round. Um, getting an extension after the third year. I think Douglas cited it was only three defensive players, first round defensive players since the CBA, the new CBA in 2011, have received contracts after the third year. And Douglas just won't be bullied into it. Now, Adams, he, he, had, he got with Mini Schmeda of the New York Daily News. He claims the Jets promised him this offer. Douglas denies it. What happened? What is the real cause? What is the real reason this didn't work out? To me, while you could argue Jets, Adams, fault with negotiations back and forth, it's... Adams who couldn't overcome Adams in the end. I mean, think about it. Jets ran this conference call on the same day. Ian Rappaport came out with a report that Adams lobbied the Dallas Cowboys to trade for him during the trade deadline. He reached out to several players. Here's what Rappaport had to say on NFL Network. Well, we'll start with the second part first. This Jamal Adams relationship between the New York Jets has really been crumbling for some time. You go all the way back to the trade deadline midway through last season. The Jets were getting offers specifically from the Cowboys about potentially trading their star safety. And Adams specifically reached out to several Cowboys players to tell them he wanted to join their team and to get the message to Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones that he wanted to be part of it. That is not something that sat well with Jamal Adams' teammates and with the coaches and brass of the New York Jets. And that really started the uh, crumbling of this relationship. They talked about potentially doing a deal earlier in this offseason. Then the pandemic happened and deals were not reality for most teams. Adams still badly wanted one. And the fracture just simply got worse from there until he called out his coach and GM in the Daily News. It all resulted in this blockbuster trade And the details are are pretty staggering. It's Jamal Adams and a future four. That goes to the Seattle Seahawks. And then two first-rounders and more, and Bradley McDougal go to the Jets, a deal that Joe Douglas just simply could not walk away from. 
So what happened? How did it not work out? In my eyes, again, it's Adams who couldn't overcome Adams. I mean, you heard what Rappaport just said. Again, it's a report. We don't know if it's true. But when looking at the history of what Douglas has said publicly and what Adams has said publicly, one guy seems to be willing to do whatever it takes to get his way. He wants to be happy. He speaks about his emotional well-being all the time. And that's Adams, not Douglas. Remember the tweet from Adams after the trade deadline. Quote, any reports of me asking to be traded from New York are completely false. At the end of the week last week, I sat down with the GM and Coach Gase and told them I want to be here in New York. I was told yesterday by my agent that the GM then went behind my back and shot me around to teams. Even after I asked him to keep me here. Crazy business. Okay. This gets into the Le'Veon Bell stuff now. Le'Veon Bell absolutely buried Jamal Adams after he was traded. And does he have a right? Uh, You decide. Quote, people do all, I mean, listen, this quote is a little rough. I might not say it the right way, but you can see it on the screen for the YouTube people. Quote, people do all the hooting and hollering to get you brought in just to leave. LOL, like people weird, yo. The internet got these dudes doing whatever for attention, even when they tell you ish. And you know what word ish means. This is a family friendly show. They tell you ish. They don't believe themselves. So Le'Veon calls out Jamal. Jamal responds. Noted. See you week 14. Jets and Seahawks will play in Seattle week 14. If it was in MetLife, it would be a little better. But hey, trade them to the NFC West during the year they're playing the NFC West. That's a hell of a script. Uh, Le'Veon. Jamal recruited Le'Veon last year. Le'Veon should have realized the offensive line was not yet ready for prime time, not yet ready for him. But Jamal recruits the guy. Jamal bounces. Interesting locker room moment happened last year after the trade deadline. I don't know if it was the same week after the trade deadline, maybe a couple weeks down the road. Jamal Adams walks up to the podium. Le'Veon Bell, from like 20 feet away in the locker room, screams something at him. I couldn't make out what it was. No one in the in the media scrum could make out what it was. But there was Jamal looking over his shoulder, turns around, and you could tell he was confused. He, he knew what Le'Veon said, but he was upset about it. He looks at us and he's like, the facial expression was, I can't believe this guy just said this to me. But the media didn't catch on, couldn't hear it, didn't know what he said exactly. It was an awkward moment, and Jamal just uh, waved it aside like Le'Veon is acting crazy. That type of environment, while no one will ever call Jamal Adams a bad teammate, ever, it's sort of an Odell Beckham Jr. situation. He's not a bad teammate. He's a good kid. But does he... Does he do all the right things in terms of making everyone else better, more accountable? That's what is up for debate. How great a leader is he actually? I learned from a very young age, being vocal doesn't necessarily mean you're a leader. There are many different ways to lead. By example, you could be vocal. Uh, You could be Phil Jackson and be the Zen of all Zens and 
find out different ways to reach people's hearts. And Brian Costello, the post had a piece yesterday in which, you know, this very thought takes shape where the locker room really, a lot of the locker room really isn't going to miss this guy. As Rappaport just said, what Adams did last trade deadline rubbed a lot of the Jets teammates, his Jets teammates the wrong way. And they knew about it. So all you could do is gather up all the evidence from Jamal Adams, from Le'Veon Bell, from Joe Douglas, and make your own conclusions. But Jamal couldn't overcome Jamal. I mean, think about it. Have you ever seen Jamal Adams push golf and push smoking cigars so much prior to this offseason? I, I didn't even know the man smoked cigars. And it's, it's curious it's interesting that he's such a cigar aficionado. During the same offseason, The Last Dance comes out, and Michael Jordan, in all his dominant glory, who just destroyed my 12-year-old heart in 94 with the Knicks, uh, excuse me, 93, and 92, and 91, and 96, 94, how Ewing didn't win, uh, Ewing and Starks, at least one of those games in Houston, I'll never know. And then 95 with the finger roll with Ewing, while Jordan loses to Orlando. Uh, FMJ. I mean, you got to respect the guy. You got to be in awe. I love the last dance, but this guy destroyed me as a kid, as he did all Knicks fans in the 90s. But anyway, Adams, his face is ready to be on Cigar aficionado, the publication, the magazine. When did this guy start smoking cigars? It, it seems like his unoriginality is shining through at the exact moment he decided to completely transform into press. You know, there's Jamal Adams who came into the league, who promised great things for the Jets. And there was a little press there. He had that nickname. But now he's officially Prez, and it's not good. And it's, it's sort of a copycat of his icons. Here's what he said after he was drafted by the Jets in 2017. Steon Sanders take it away, Prime. Mr. Adams, you do know that the Jets are not rebuilding. They want to win now. Yes, sir, and that's why I'm a part of this program. I can't thank him enough. I'm a Jet. I'm a Jet. You've been compared to Earl Thomas, Mr. Barry from Kansas City. What do you bring to the table at the safety position? I'm versatile. Uh, but not only that, I'm a great person off the field. Uh, I'm not going to cause any harm to the Jets organization. Uh, we're going to get this thing rolling, and we're going to get back to that Super Bowl. I'll never cause any harm to the Jets organization. I'm a great person off the field. That's Jamal Adams. But what's Prez? Interestingly, Prez fully transformed around the same time the George Floyd situation happened. And in terms of political affiliations, your thoughts on societal views, there is no wrong answer in my eyes. What Jamal spoke about on this situation, hey, to each his own. We don't discuss politics here. We're not garbage. But it's interesting that that situation and his vocal uh, way in immersing himself 
coincided with all of this noise that happened about his contract. It all started with a quote. Quote, when I was younger, I used to be scared to use my voice because I wanted to be liked by everybody. Life lessons and sports have changed my outlook on life. I will not hold back on the truth. I will fight and hold everyone accountable until it's right. Black Lives Matter, end quote. That was on June 4th. And although there was noise leading up to then, from that point forward, it was an onslaught. Cigars, golf, like Michael Jordan. Remember the last dance had already aired. And remember, Jamal Adams is signed to Nike's Jordan brand. That is a big deal for him. He loves these guys. These guys are his icons. When LeBron made the decision announcement in 2010, I think... Adams was 15 or 16 in high school to tell me that didn't have a huge effect on his life uh, is to tell me you don't understand anything. This kid hasn't had an itch and he needed to go to a perceived winning organization immediately, no matter what he couldn't hang around. Life is too short. Interestingly, Right around the same time, he started being vocal in the black community. I mean, he was prior, but, you know, really immersing himself, announcing to the world, hey, here I am. Life's too short. I got to make moves. I'm a young man in a hurry. I'm too great for this nonsense. The Jets, awful. Come on. I'm better than this. Um, During the last dance, he tweets Jordan, the crying scene. Quote, winning has a price. Leadership has a price. Michael Jordan. Any chance he gets to retweet a Nike or a a Jumpman logo, Jordan brand, he does it. We discussed this before, but his social media is a big business for him. Any eyes on his platform, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, whether positive or negative, is good for his business. Jordan is paved the way for athletes off the field. LeBron James is doing the same thing. Both are Nike guys. So his transformation has kind of unfolded before our very eyes where he came in as this humble kid and now he's leaving as this, uh, in his own head, sports mogul or aspiring sports mogul. I mean, just look at his goodbye message to the Jets. It's as blatant as anything. Quote, to New York and especially the Jets fans, I love you and will always love you. You all will hold a special place in my heart forever. When I came to the league, you embraced me and watched me grow. We went through it all together. Thank you for the love and support these three years. Prez out. Substitute Prez for Mamba. Mamba out. Kobe Bryant. His retirement speech. Interestingly, what Jamal is doing this offseason just mirrors his idols. And it's, it's just an unoriginality problem that can't be overlooked during this offseason, during this transformation. I mean, here's what his Instagram live video sounded like with cigar fully in mouth, fully in hand once he realized he was being traded to Seattle. Hold up! 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 Hold up!
That's not Jamal Adams. It's shades of Antonio Brown. It's actually one step away from frightening. Really frightening. So Joe Douglas Jets didn't want to trade this guy. Wasn't in their plans. But think about what he put them through. Douglas uh, preaches culture, preaches environment. And it's 100% true and correct to preach that stuff in the game of football. It matters. So Jamal Adams, Seattle will not be his last team. I guarantee you that. In terms of the return, Joe Douglas is a damn wizard. Two first round picks, 2021, 2022. A third round pick in 2021. And Bradley McDougald, a 29-year-old, uh, strong safety, who, you know, he... He doesn't do anything better than Jamal Adams. Even picking the ball. Maybe he's a better ball hawk. I think he has five picks over the last two years. But in terms of uh, versatility, assignments, skills, he doesn't do any one thing better than Jamal Adams. That's hard to do. But Bradley McDougald is the best possible scenario to come out with if the Jets are without Jamal Adams. He is surprisingly good in man coverage. He can guard tight ends. Uh, he can match him up, lock him up one-on-one. He can get backside of the backfield. He could play too deep. He could play deep, even though he's a strong safety. I don't think he's nearly the tackler Jamal is. I don't think he's nearly the blitzer Jamal is. He's not nearly the player Jamal is. He's also vocal. Go to YouTube, check out his mic'd up sec- segments. He's very vocal. Um... So is he a leader? Listen, he was undrafted. Played with Tampa. Came to Seattle. Started to become a starter with Tampa. And then signed on with Seattle. And then started for Seattle the last three years. At strong safety. He is versatile. But when comparing against Jamal, forget about it. It's not even close. The key here is McDougald and Poole together against 11 personnel in the nickel is a good situation. Brian Poole has strong safety experience. Brian Poole's going to blitz a lot more this year, I think. And Bradley McDougal could, you know, in essence, play the slot corner in some situations. You don't want him to do it all the time, but if it makes sense, he could pull it off. So having McDougal and Poole down low on both sides, acting as, you know, de facto strong safeties in the nickel with May up top, May high, it's a good situation. So I don't think anyone, like we discussed already, can accuse the Jets of punting the season. And Joe Douglas, to think his return for Jamal Adams a safety is better, or at least comparable, to the return the Raiders got for Khalil Mack is just out of control. I mean, that's an edge rusher, the best edge rusher in the league at the time he was traded, 
Is he still now? Uh, I'm not sure, but he's, listen, he's still a stud. That's an edge rusher. Quarterbacks, edge rushers, shut down corners, even though I don't really think there's a thing as shut down, such a thing as shut down corners in this ridiculously played passing league. But those are the premium positions, quarterback, left tackle, edge rusher. And then if you want to throw a corner in there, go ahead. Receiver, I don't really buy it. Strong safety is starting to raise its level based on the rules, but it's not there yet in terms of uh, salary cap numbers. For Joe Douglas to get this return better than Khalil Mack is just absurd. It's absurd. The only way the Jets didn't fleece the Seahawks is if college football isn't played and disaster strikes scouts and the process leading up to the 2021 draft. That's the only way. And even if that happens, teams will still have an idea of who to draft. So here's what the Raiders got for Mac. A 2019 first round pick, a 2020 first round pick. Uh, those two players turned into Josh Jacobs at number 24 and Damon Arnett at number 19. A 2019 sixth round pick, which turned into Bless on Austin, interestingly enough. Uh, the Jets, how did the Jets get that pick from the Raiders? I'm blanking on it now, but that's interesting. And then a 2023rd round pick from Brian, uh, which turned into be which turned into Brian Edwards. Uh, Mac went to the Bears with a 2022nd round pick and a 2027th round pick. They traded a second round pick with Mac. The Jets traded a fourth round pick with Adams and received two firsts and a third. The Raiders received two firsts, a third, and a sixth. The Jets' compensation is better for Adams than Mack. It's completely absurd. Ozzie Newsom, you did one hell of a job. Uh, Howie Roseman, you did one hell of a job with this guy, Joe Douglas. But in terms of overall compensation, you, they're set up. You have to draft well, no doubt. And this idea that the Jets are a losing franchise and continue to be because they traded Jamal Adams is just utter nonsense. I I saw the other day, you know, the Jets can't keep their first round picks. That's why they're a losing franchise. Garbage. Right now, the Jets have three drafted first round picks. Becton, Darnold, Quinn, and Williams, the last three years. Okay. The Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, guess how many they have? Three. Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, Patrick Mahomes, of course, and Eric Fisher. That's it. Three. Some of the first round picks they've given up uh, that are no longer on the team D. Ford, Marcus Peters, um, of course, Eric Berry, who is no longer playing. And Dontari Poe, the interior defensive lineman. Some of the Jets guys, Jamal Adams, Muhammad Wilkerson, Quinton Copels, D. Milliner, blah, blah, blah. It's not about keeping your first round picks. It's about drafting well. It's about value. And it's about a guy 
named Patrick Mahomes. You know, that's what it's about. The Patriots, very similar as well with their first round picks. If you discount Patrick Chung and Devin McCourty, who I think were 2009, 2010 first round picks, their numbers three as well. But Chung and McCourty are outliers. Those are decade plus veterans that usually don't happen in the NFL. Keeping your first round pick isn't the key. Drafting well, developing competition, developing a culture, and snagging that quarterback and building from an inside-out mentality is the key. So Jamal Adams, like Darrell Rivas, and by the way, Darrell Rivas, Jamal Adams, not identical situations in the least. Not even close. But Jamal Adams being gone, that's not what will make or break the New York Jets. He's a hell of a player. I didn't want to see him traded. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. But something happened with him. A a switch was flipped. The Odell Beckham Jr.-like scenarios that continue to pop up make it impossible for an organization to operate fluidly and functionally. You got to get rid of him. Disaster would have been receiving a second-round pick for the man. That didn't happen. Joe Douglas really fleeced the Seattle Seahawks. And don't listen to the media when they say it's just the same old Jets. It's not. You got to look at the plan. Idzik, he did the same thing. He didn't go crazy in free agency. He continued to preach flexibility. But Idzik didn't have a plan like Joe Douglas does. He didn't load up on offensive linemen. He didn't preach from day one. It starts with the quarterback in both lines, offensive and defensive. I mean, Jets have eight or nine offensive linemen who could start the season. If training camp ever happens, it's going to be an all-out war. It's going to be competition. You got to look at it from a pure old-school football mentality. And in, in that vein, Joe Douglas knows exactly what he's doing. Jamal Adams, it should have worked out. Um, I, I do get the sense the Jets... I mean, obviously, the Jets didn't want to pay Jamal Adams before the 2020 season. They wanted to, wanted him to wait till after his fourth year, which is understandable, as is usually the case 99% of the time since the new CBA in 2011. And that just goes back to Joe Douglas's upbringing in the front office under Ozzie Newsom, under the Baltimore Ravens, who are one of the more successful franchises in this league over the last two decades. So to recap, excellent return. Joe Douglas Jets did what they had to do. Joe Douglas, uh, Jamal Adams is no longer here. He's a Seahawk. That will not be his last team. He will play this season making 3.5 million and good luck. Good luck, Pete Carroll, former jet coach who made his bones as a defensive back uh, coach who loves defensive backs, who knows defensive backs Now that Schneider and Carroll gave up all this draft capital, the pressure is on them to re-sign the man. And Jamal Adams has all the leverage. So good luck. Once once a player demonstrates his willingness to do whatever it takes to get his way, he will do it again. Joe Douglas, good job. Jets fan, don't be depressed. This is a new regime. Look at all the evidence. 
Look at all the evidence since Joe Douglas took over. From Le'Veon Bell, how he's acted, every other Jets player, not every other, you know, they had issues with Kalichi Osemele and Quincy Anunua, but, you know, look at the evidence from Jamal, from Joe Douglas, to Le'Veon, to everybody. The return is phenomenal. They got to draft well, and we'll see with Mims, Becton, and the rest of the draft class this year if you should have confidence in Douglas drafting well moving forward. Check out JetsXFactor.com, JetXShop.com. The two new mobile apps, well, one mobile app, both on Android and iTunes. Check it out. It's out now. JetX Mobile. Search for it in iTunes and Android. It's a nice app. Gives you custom customizable notifications right to your phone every time something's published. Uh, and you could break it down whether you want just film or analytics or news or what have you. Nanny, I blew it. Any way you want. JetX Mobile on the Play Store at the App Store. Until next time, Sabo Radio.